Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, we're all in take five. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. Rodby on his way from the airport. Nick Shuley pinch hitting until Rod arrives. Thank you for being here, my friend Nick Shuley. And our man Brock Bollinger back at the Horn headquarters. We are in the South Austin Onion Creek compound talking Super Bowl 58 in all angles, including this. Uh, thank you to Brock for sending me this, but uh, we're talking about the facts from the game. Playoff stats before turning 30. Tom Brady at this point, uh, before his 30th birthday, had 3,000. 217 postseason passing yards and 20 touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, 5,135 and 41 TDs already. Uh, Tom Brady had nine interceptions. Patrick Mahomes had eight. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a three-time Super Bowl champion. So was Tom Brady. Uh, Patrick Mahomes a three-time Super Bowl MVP. Tom Brady had had two by his 30th birthday. And as we said in the last hour, Patrick Mahomes is not yet 29. He's, he's 28 years old and uh, rewriting the record book right now. Pretty incredible. Wild. Pretty incredible, and uh, you have to you have to beat to be the man. You got to beat the man, and uh, that's where the that, that would be the uh, the headline for me for the 49ers. If you want to beat if you want to be the champ, you got to beat the champ, and they didn't last night. They let the champ beat them. Uh, they had their opportunities to beat the champ. They had the ball with uh, you know a third and four coming out of the two minute warning and regulation uh, with a chance to go win the football game. And instead, they uh, could not convert the third down. Uh, Kansas City dialed up a great blitz. Uh, Trent McDuffie came on the corner blitz and rushed a pass and ended up incomplete. They had to kick a field goal. And I think you knew in that moment we were going to overtime. I think everybody in the room I was watching the game with, when they had to kick a field goal there at 154 to go, that Patrick Mahomes was going to lead them down. They were going to kick a field goal. And we were going OT at least, at least if not score a touchdown. And then, you know, once they had to settle for the field goal in overtime, Nick, you just lost the game. You just lost the game because that dude is going to take his team down there. I don't care what's happened the rest of this game. They're going to score a touchdown. Yeah, I agree with what you said. Is it, you know, it cre- Not up in here! <laughs> that that could be four-down territory just because you, you can't let that guy back on the field. You just got to assume they're going to get a touchdown. Well, I know, and people were, were you know, texting me and yelling at me after the Bills game when I was critical of Josh Allen when they had a similar situation. Now, they were down three points, but they had the ball. They were at home. They had a chance to control the clock and go score a touchdown and win the game. And, again, I know it, it, it's overly critical to say that this is a very good defense the Chiefs have. I'm not, I'm not minimizing that at all. But, man, that's just, just kind of the mindset you have to have playing this player. I mean, they're just – it was like Michael Jordan back in the day. You actually can't not make a bucket on this possession. You have to score here. You know what I mean? If you have a chance to win the game, you have to win the game. That's the, that's the, uh, the, 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 the uh, edge of the razor he puts you on. Yeah, it, it, it's all it, you know. You, it's certainly fair to say it's not fair to criticize a player, but at the same time, that's just if you want to win the championship, that's kind of the standard you have to think about. Like, yeah, maybe we do have to go for two down territory here. Maybe we do, you know, we, we have to score a touchdown here. We we cannot leave the game, especially because you're playing the the scoreboard and you're playing the clock. You cannot leave that quarterback that much time in regulation to tie the game. You just can't. Now, you're playing both if you want to win the championship, and obviously. If you give him the opportunity, if you leave if you leave your chin out there, he's going to knock you out. Yeah, look at look at the offense that scored a touchdown in the end. If you put that guarantee, you compare those, you AB who who people would pick to have the ball at the end, and they would say, I want Trent Williams with Debo, Ayuk, McCaffrey, Kittle, like that. Just so many weapons. No one's going to pick the Chiefs, and sure enough, like uh, they they're the ones that got the touchdown. Yeah, and I mean, that that defensive I, effort by the Chiefs, it, you can't underscore still that. Still shocking that they were underdogs. I know, right? We, we said it for two weeks. Like, I couldn't – why are they the underdogs? This doesn't make sense to me. 
Uh, I mean, it makes sense because the the Vegas, you know, the odds makers had the uh, the Niners power rated as the best team all year. It's the eye test, and it's it's the talent and the players and. Uh, but, man, you cannot bet against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, uh, Rod Babers, who will be here shortly, he said, I'm not making a pick. I mean, because I cannot pick against Patrick Mahomes, but I don't want to – that's my guy, Kyle Shanahan. I'm rooting for my guy, um, but I'm not making a pick because, yeah. you know, you do not bet against that man. Hey, let's get to the headlines. You're just tuning in. Let's get you caught up on how it went down last night, the other stories of the morning. Let's get you all the top news. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top news of the morning. Patrick Mahomes collected his third Super Bowl MVP award last night after leading his Chiefs to a 25-22 overtime victory over the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. After scuffling offensively for most of the night, Patrick Mahomes led the Chiefs on four consecutive scoring drives in regulation and in overtime, including a game-tying drive for a field goal in the closing and then after the 49ers kicked a field goal on their first possession of OT, Mahomes led the Chiefs on a 13-play, 75-yard game-winning drive and capped it with his second touchdown pass of the night. McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown! Kansas City! McCall Hardman! McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side! A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime! Kansas City wins the game! 25-22! And the Chiefs' kingdom has started its own history class. There it was last night from the Chiefs Radio Network. Chiefs trailed by as many as 10 points on Sunday, making it the third time in Mahomes' career that he's overcome a 10-point Super Bowl deficit. 28-year-old quarterback finished with 333 yards, two touchdowns, and just one interception. I just got to give God the glory, man. He, he challenged us to make us better, and I'm proud of my guys, man. This is awesome. It's legendary. Legendary indeed. Mahomes has won three Super Bowls over the last five years and made the Chiefs the first team to capture back-to-back Lombardis since the Patriots in 03-04. Tom Brady, uh, only Tom Brady has more Super Bowl MVP awards at five. Mahomes is now tied with Joe Montana. Closer to home, great weekend for Texas basketball. Texas men and women cruised to easy wins on Saturday afternoon at Moody Center. It was the Texas men rolling past West Virginia 94-58. Dylan DeSue poured in 27 points. Longhorns men led by as many as 43 in that game. Texas women, meanwhile, were up in Fort Worth. They were equally dominant. Vic Schaefer squad improved to 22-3 and on the year with a 65-43 win over TCU. Texas softball team out at the start for Mike White's squad. They went 5-0 uh, and on a swing through California to start their season, including a 10-2 win over Loyola Marymount yesterday. Their impressive start included three wins over traditional softball power UCLA. Horns outscored the Bruins 35-3 in those three games. In golf, Nick Taylor edged Charlie Hoffman on the second playoff hole to win the Waste Management Phoenix Open yesterday afternoon. Uh, Taylor forced extra golf with a birdie on the 18th hole, then birdied both playoff attempts to seal the victory. He fired an impressive 65 for the day, finished the event at 21 under par. Yeah, safe to say that uh, waste management event out in Phoenix became the wasted management event out in Phoenix over the weekend. That got out of control on Saturday. That was ridiculous. I mean, they on Saturday they had because uh, of weather delays on Thursday and Friday they uh, were playing. They had to finish the second round on Friday Saturday morning and then played the third round and. Uh, Way too many people and way too much alcohol consumed at that event. Uh, they know that's what they're known for, but, man, we'll go. We'll talk about it at the turn, but that was out of control. But in the end, it turned out to be a really good event, and Nick Taylor is your winner. And look who it is rolling in here from his whirlwind tour to Vegas and back in the Super Bowl, still wearing his sunglasses and Super Bowl credential. Oh, man. He is our man, <laughs> RB. RB, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. I appreciate y'all holding it down while I was, I was out. I appreciate it. Have that. you had any sleep? Uh, well, just whatever I got on the plane. That's about it. Whatever I got on the plane, that's all I needed. That's all you needed. Well, that's all I need. I'm ready to roll. Well, how was it? I mean, I know the, the outcome was not what you had uh, hoped for with your guy Kyle Shanahan, but the game itself was. I was epic. Never I mean, was, bet uh, against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, mean, I told y'all guys. <laughs> I told y'all about three weeks ago. I would never bet against that man again. I just don't. It's just stupid to do it. It's just not smart. I mean, that comes down to the clutch. He's the ultimate force multiplier. Uh, even in that game, I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't brilliant the entire game at all, but in clutch time, in clutch moments, Patrick Mahomes doesn't disappoint. He's inevitable uh, and also unprecedented. He is him. So he is him, and I, 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 and I, I knew it was coming. 
I knew the whole time it was coming, the entire time. I, I was sitting there with family. I was sitting there with my people, and they kept talking about, man, the 49ers seem to get, they got this game under control. And I said, it, seemed, it would seem that way. I said, it would seem that way to the untrained eye. I said, well, if you watch Patrick Mahomes long enough, you can realize that he's right now surgically, <laughs> in a surgical fashion, that he is getting ready to rip the hearts out of 49ers fans. And I knew it. I knew it. I sat there and watched it the entire time. Yeah, it was. Uh, if you're a Niners fan and you're wearing your Niners shirt, I mean, it was brutal um, because it was a you had it. an opportunity. Yeah, um, but you got to beat him. You got to you got to vanquish that guy. You can't. You, once you let him stick around like that, yep. you know, and that's what they would let him do. They let him stick around. They never really put the they never put the stake in the heart. Yeah, that's exactly what He's I said. He's a vampire. You got to put the stake in the heart. You got to you got to take you got to vanquish that guy. He is the dragon. And they didn't. They let them stick around, and once they did, it was it was over. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, as I said, if you want to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. You take him out, man. Uh, and you got to take him out. And I felt like, and uh, you know, I can't wait to go back and rewatch this game a little closer. I know, I haven't. Me too. I haven't rewatched it all. <laughs> but uh, but you know, two minute warning coming out of it. It's it's sixteen uh, all, mm. and you got third and four out of the two minute warning. Yeah. And I going into that two minute warning. Uh, I'm sitting here with a, with a group and just said, this is the play. I mean, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you got to have this play. Because if you can get a first down here, you control the clock. And you don't let him get the ball You control the game. Yep. And you, you don't have to – you never have to give 15 the ball. You never have to give the ball. And I give, you know, you know, what's your best call here? And it was actually a pass to Greg Jennings. But this is where you flip it around. Yes, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a transcendent talent. And he's like we've never seen before at 28 years old. But Steve Spagnuolo is a hell of a defensive coordinator. He yes, dialed he up is. a corner blitz with Trent McDuffie coming out of that timeout and got to Brock Purdy quick, forced a quick pass, uh, falls incomplete. They have to settle for the field goal. And as you said, Rod, you just knew. When you kicked the field goal there with 154 to go, yeah, too much time. Well, not only that, at the beginning of the overtime rules, at the beginning of the overtime, Shano, I think, also a miscalculation. Um, you saw it, Andy Reid, Andy Reid both, uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and I think Travis Kelce, some other guys who were interviewed, they said, no, 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 it was, it was part of our strategy. We, we wanted to know what we needed to do, what, how, how many points we need to score to win the game in overtime with the new overtime rules. Uh, so, you know, there's an argument to be made that, you know, maybe if you're, you know, Shannon, I know you want to get the ball and you score a touchdown, but they were going to get a chance anyway that maybe you should have, Giving them the chance and then seeing what you what you had to score after that, like what what you yep. needed after that. So there's a, I mean, that's just a. I think it's, at this it's, point, I don't know if it would matter that much, but every little bit counts. It does. I mean, and you know, Chris Jones said after the game that uh, they've been talking about that since training camp. Since training camp. Training camp. Since the rule changed. Yeah, and my, Kyle Shanahan though after the game said, you know, our our plant strategy was to have the ball third. Like, we were, we were planning to go score a touchdown, and if they scored a touchdown because he's Patrick Mahomes, then we had sudden death, we had the ball. And it was our ball to go yeah. win the game. And that was his calculation. Now, the Chiefs' plan was if we, we were going to defer, and if they score, we'll go score, and we'll go for two. Yeah. We won't give them the ball back. They're gonna, whatever it takes to go win the game, that was their strategy. Right. The 49ers' strategy was, whoa, 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 let's, uh, let's stay in the game. Yeah. And the Kansas City strategy was to go win the game. That was the difference because you have to vanquish Patrick Mahomes. You have to take him out. Yep. <laughs> that um, was it. So it, yeah. it, and, it, and it's a two, two-sided monster here because you have that quarterback and then you have that defense. And as we said earlier, the Chiefs have faced in the playoff run here where they've won four games in the playoffs. Wild card, you know, had to go on the road. Right, they had to beat Miami at home in the frigid conditions of Garrowhead Stadium, go on the road to Buffalo, go on the road to Baltimore, and then go to Vegas and beat the, the Niners. They played the number two, number three, number four, and number six offenses in the league. Oh, yeah. Who averaged combined over 28 points a game, Rod, and they held them to 15.8 points per mm-hmm. game in, in those four games and uh, held this uh, Niners team to 22 and forced field goals where they needed to. And um, an all-time defensive run for Steve Spagnuolo and this uh, Chiefs defense, which is now the strength of the team outside of Patrick Mahomes. Let me ask you this, Rod, and we'll talk about more of your uh, overall thoughts. How was, how was the, the atmosphere, the game, the, the stadium, Vegas? How was it? Uh, it was great. I mean, I, I, I'll admit that was probably one of the, if not the best Super Bowl I've ever been to. I, my, my fourth Super Bowl, and it was, the, it was easily the best one. Uh, it was, I think, for Vegas, considering it's a party town, it was the perfect location. <laughs> um, so it's I an will, event town. I will, I will admit, I think the NFL is probably going to try to go get back there the next five to six years. Put the rotation so. heavy. Yeah, that seems to be a, a large, I think, right now, growing <laughs> opinion of fans and uh, mem- media members alike, and also, you know, even I think for insiders, right? I'm talking about owners and execs, that they want to go back there. Uh, Vegas was perfect. 
Uh, I got a chance to hang out, um, you know, with uh, a couple of um, insiders, if you will, on Saturday night. Uh, the win was probably the most star-studded, uh, you know, kind of action-packed casino of all the casino. Well, that's where everybody was staying. That's yeah. where all the that's where Jerry Jerry was there. Uh, Taylor Swift's people were there. And, you know, that's where Justin Bieber was staying. I mean, when I when I went to the win to kick it and hang out, because I think that's where my man Sims was staying. I mean, that's I saw I probably saw more stars there than I saw the entire weekend. They were all there. <laughs> I saw I saw at least seven owners. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Same room. hotel. Same room. Not the same. Same room. <laughs> same, same room. <laughs> Jerry Jones, his uh, security detail right there. Jerry New York right there. I mean, they were all there. It, it was unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. So that was probably the highlight of the of the trip for me. I don't think I've ever been in the room with that many execs and billionaire owners. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There were other billionaires. There, I'm sure. I just didn't know who the hell they were. <laughs> they were all billionaires. But they yeah. were all billionaires, and it was yeah. It was it, it was pretty eye opening. Uh, so that was that was that was enjoyable. Uh, the environment though was amazing. It was a little chilly there the whole entire time. I guess because mm-hmm. the West Coast was a little chilly, but it was great. Halftime show was also good. I uh, mean, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Felicia Keys yeah, and her and uh, I thought you did good. I haven't, Luda. I haven't watched any of it, so I don't even know how it looked on the television screen. Just as a participant there, and this is not even a credential. This is like the thing you get on your seat for everybody, so they could all oh, the flashing lights. Oh yeah, yeah, you're with, okay. yeah. That's what this thing was. It was on my neck, and it was flashing the whole damn night. I think it's now out of batteries officially, but um, yeah. So I, I mean, it was like I said, it was a great event. I really had no complaints at all. Uh, I just uh, my only complaint was I knew that. Patrick Mahomes was going to happen. I just knew, I, and I knew the whole time. People He's kept inevitable. Saying, people kept saying, you know, uh, to me, I was like, Robbie, man, you thought you were rooting for the 49ers. I, said, I don't root for the 49ers, but I'm telling you, I've watched enough of Patrick Mahomes where I never pick against him, and he's almost making it a little boring to watch because I know it's going to happen. He's unprecedented, and he's inevitable. It's every time clutch time comes around, Patrick Mahomes plays his best football. He's the best version of himself in clutch time. And I don't know, other than Tom Brady, I don't know other, many other football players who are always at their best in clutch time that, like that. Yeah, well, and I think it, it, it transcends football. I mean, I think you think of people like Tiger Woods, and you think of Michael Jordan, uh, and you think of Tom Brady. I mean, these are the greatest and most clutch performers. I mean, what made t- Mike, well, Tiger Woods, as uh, Brock just said in our ear, inevitable. I mean, Tiger Woods making big putts and making big shots was inevitable. It was just going to happen. Uh, and, and, you know, this is what Patrick Mahomes is. And, uh, and I will give, you know, Steve Wilkes and the Niners credit. I mean, you were there, Rod. I mean, it's a game plan. The first half, they, I mean, I, I don't know that I've seen Patrick Mahomes look as confused as he was in the first half. I mean, he was double clutching. He was taking sacks. He didn't know where to go with the football. I mean, they were really clouding his coverage and, and what his reads were. Um, that was great. But, you know, with, and as we've said all morning, Rod, with that defense, and that quarterback and that head coach with the ability to make adjustments to what the opponent is doing, even when you come in with a perfect game plan, yeah. they're going to adjust to it. And if you don't score enough points to give yourself enough cushion, they're going to come back and beat you. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, ultimately, I, I love the game plan that uh, uh, Coach Wilkes had. I think it was one of his best defensive game plans oh. all season long. And they played fast. What really hurt him, though, just you know, like I said, I've got to go back and watch the game, and I'll have more breakdown tomorrow was when Dre Greenlaw went out. It was big. It was huge. Yeah, it was a non-contact injury, just kind of a freakish thing. He was out. It was huge. Go back and watch as they started attacking the interior of that 49er defense. And actually, when he went out, that's when they started having some signs of life at the end of the first half. That's right around when it happened, right? End of that first half. And then after that, they made, they made the necessary adjustments. And, you know, obviously, one of the bigger adjustments was – Kittle. I mean, they, not Kittle, but uh, they got Kelsey back in the game. I mean, Kelsey had one one reception at halftime. Ended up with nine. Ended up with nine. Did he? Ended up with nine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, wow. one reception, I think, at halftime. Because I remember saying to myself, man, I was I was really concerned about the connection between Kelsey and Mahomes, and they've done a really good job of trying to sever that connection. Um, no, not at all. And I think a big part of it was they lost part of their central nervous system with that defense. You know, Greenlaw and Fred Warner were great at patrolling the middle. And once they lost Greenlaw, you can tell. I mean, Kansas City went after that, that vulnerability. They went after that void. Well, and I also have had to give credit to Chris Jones this morning. Chris Jones on two occasions in this game uh, broke free and really hit Brock Purdy when they had open touchdowns. Open touchdowns. One in the first half, one in late in the game. Was it the D-ball one? Yeah, there was one to Iuk where it would have been a, probably a walk-in score, and Chris Jones hit him up under the, the D-ball up under one the gym. should have been a yeah. – that should have been a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Chris Jones. D, baby? How about that D, baby? Yeah, well, also, um, you know, I, th- I thought George Kittle was in for a big game. George Kittle had one catch. 
They took George Kittle out of the game. Wait, one catch was a big catch. It was fourth down. Yeah, it was. It was a fourth down conversion. And that was my thing, too. I, I'll admit, I was a little disappointed uh, in my man Shanahan's. His, I, I just didn't think he had enough creative plays. I, I think he – I don't think he had enough in the bag. Even toward the end of the game, didn't really seem like he was giving him a true creative schematic advantage. At one point, I think he just kind of relegated to just handing it off. Yeah, uh, Kittle, Kittle ended up with two catches for four yards. So, great game plan by Steve Spagnuolo to take him out of the game. Yeah, no, he had it. That one catch was big. Because I want to say, he must have had the other catch for zero yards then. Because the, the first down, I want to say it was like a three-yard catch. Yeah, on only three down. targets to him. And it's almost like, uh, you know, Steve Spagnuolo's defensive game plan forced Jawan Jennings to become the go-to receiver in big moments. Well, remember, I told you, Spag's going to take away your number one guy. Yeah, he is. He's, he takes away All your year number long. one guy. I told you guys down in the breakdown, I said, listen, he's going to take away your number one guy. But we thought Kittle would end up being That's the right. number two guy. Not the case at all. End up being Jawan Jennings, right? who end up getting kind of easy coverage or at least their third best coverage defender a lot of the times. But it's still, I mean, like I said, that, that was a that was a, that's Spag's game plan. I mean, this guy, awesome. he does not get enough credit. We not we talked about it last week, him not getting enough credit. But – He's one of the greatest defensive minds in NFL history. Now he's got the resume to prove it. Yeah. Well, he had the resume to prove it prior to that, actually. We got to give uh, the resume. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brock. I was going to say we got to give Chris Conley his props too, because he he came up with a huge catch uh, early in the first half, and then he had two massive plays on special teams. On, oh yeah, as the okay. gunner. Eighty-four. Yeah. 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 He yeah, he, he balled out last night. Hey, Rod. So I I stepped off mic for a minute. So you might have you might have said this. Where were you sitting at? What were your seats like? Uh, it was like 23, I think it was like row 23, so 23 seats up from the field. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What yard line? Yeah. Uh, 45. Ooh. <laughs> the Ooh. good seats. Rod, yeah. the good seats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, so, yes, the, we'll talk game plan. Good, bad, and ugly from the Super Bowl. Uh, Kyle Shanahan obviously taking – that's what happens when you lose the Super Bowl. You end up to, uh, taking the blame for the overtime decisions. Uh, the game plan, not uh, scoring touchdowns in the red zone. All mm-hmm. things to talk about there. Meanwhile, you're dealing with a uh, another worldly player on the other side of the ball uh, for sure. And as far as uh, the game plan for Speed Spagnuolo, how about uh, being in, in, in those good seats, Rod? How good is Trent McDuffie at covering people? I mean, that guy is as st- – he yeah. and Jerry is Sneed, man. You're a corner. You have to appreciate just how good they are in man coverage. Yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, Spax does all those creative creative blitzes. He's he, You know, he's, he trusts his corners made to hold up in man-to-man coverage, and they do. They play sticky coverage. I don't know if the 49ers really had played a secondary – that play that kind of sticky coverage. Other than you know, the, the Ravens are a team that also obviously a really good defense. The Ravens secondary is not as sticky in coverage right. as a Kansas City uh, secondary. And I think the the 49ers receivers, Debo and Ayuk and those guys. I mean, usually that that holy trinity. I got a stat here too. Just gives you props about how Spagnola and how great he is. But usually that holy trinity of of of, of core guys, right, for the for the 49ers, that's really all they need. And you go look at it, uh, here it is, from uh, Seth Walder, I believe, is the one who broke it down. So the, the, the 49ers' weapons, if you go look at from scrimmage yards, IU, Kittle, and Samuel in games where all three played, all right, uh, this is their third worst performance as a group. <laughs> in the four, in out of the 48 games they played together, they combined for, I think it's 94 yards total from scrimmage, those, those three players. Um, that is the third lowest yardage total for them since they've started playing together. Uh, 2022 NFC title game against the uh, that was actually against the Eagles. They had 70, lost that game combined uh, scrimmage yards. 2023 Week Six against the Browns, really good defense. They had 88 combined scrimmage yards, lost that game, and then this Super Bowl. Those are those three worst performances those three have had from scrimmage against any defense. Spags was brilliant. He's brilliant. What a combination. That defense and that quarterback and coach, it's unbelievable. They've won uh, three Super Bowls now, two in a row, and they'll go to for three straight starting next season. And who's going to stop them? As we've said all morning, I think it this felt the, like this was the year to beat them. This was the this year. This was the year to get them. They were down. This was the year to get them, and uh, no one could. And Josh Allen had his chance. Lamar Jackson had his chance. Kyle Shanahan and the Niners had their chance, and none could uh, dethrone the champs. We'll talk about it more coming back. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain as well with Rod Babers, who has arrived and rolled in from Vegas, where he was in attendance at the Super Bowl. We'll also uh, be at the turn at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we'll get you the wasted management update from uh, quite the scene out in uh, Scottsdale over the weekend. Uh, we'll also uh, talk plenty of Super Bowl 58. It's uh, Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby.
Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. Yeah, at the turn, halfway through our five-hour post-Super Bowl mortem conversation on this Monday, uh, two and a half hours to go, two and a half hours in, so we're nine holes out, nine holes to go at the turn. Uh, congratulations to Nick Taylor. Speaking of clutch, I mean, no one's more clutch than Patrick Mahomes, but Nick Taylor, pretty damn clutch. A birdie on 18 and then consecutive birdies in the sudden death playoff with uh, Charlie Hoffman, and he wins the Waste Management Phoenix Open yesterday. Uh, Scotty Scheffler was in contention. Scotty had uh, won each of the last two Waste Management events, and uh, this time it's Nick Taylor. But really the story became on Saturday, Rod. I mean, this was – you know, we, we talked about how waste management has become a scene unlike any other in golf. It's almost like the Ryder Cup yeah, uh, with its raucous crowds and the fun and uh, the players get into it. But uh, I think anybody would agree that Saturday got out of control Yeah, uh, over the top. I mean, <laughs> I mean the videos. I, mean, I saw the videos. Of the, of the stumbling drunk idiots doing – one guy jumped into the sand bunker and was doing snow angels in the sand bunker <laughs> without a shirt on. You had fat wow. guys rolling down a mudslide. I mean, it was – I mean, the, 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 the – they, they, they have to contain that more. It became a bad look, right? It became a terrible look. Terrible look. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's known as debaucherous, but at the same time, you know, control yourselves, people. But uh, <laughs> it's the first time the, the Phoenix Open had to uh, at least briefly turn away ticket holders. Wow. Because it's become the place to be. And, and they just keep mm-hmm. letting people in and letting people in. Well, maybe that's the problem, too. They yeah, I think so, too. everybody in. I think yeah, there'll maybe, be changes maybe. after this yeah, one. Yeah, maybe I think you need to start have... vetting people a little bit more. <laughs> just come through. Well, they well, funny, suspended I mean, beer sales twice. Yeah, twice, because people are getting – well, especially Saturday, because Saturday they, they played two rounds, essentially. So, you know, people were getting there early morning, and they're all day, and they're drinking all day, mm-hmm. and it got out of control, uh, to say the least. And, yes, uh, the greatest show on grass is unlike anything else in golf, but uh, 200,000 fans. Uh, look, at it. I, I, I talked to several people yesterday who were at our Super Bowl party who were either there or planning to be there. They now have, like, you know that 16th hole rod, the uh, the par three with all the suites? Mm-hmm. They have over two – there's, like, 298 boxes now. It's they just crazy. keep adding boxes. I know. And, and the minute they, they build, erect another one or decide to put another one up, they sell it because businesses and companies all over the country fly in and they bring their vendors and it becomes this – it's the place to be in golf. I mean, it's, uh, it rivals anything in the, in the sport. And uh, it got out of control over the weekend, to say the least. And I would imagine you'll hear changes coming to – Stem it a little it, bit. It needs to happen. Come on, man. You're yeah. going viral for the wrong reasons now. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, people stumbling around and yeah. fight, fights. Well, out. now you're going to have people who won't, don't, who are going to be kind of turned away from it because now they think it's going to be too rowdy. Well, look, I mean, this crazy. is and this is old stodgy golf. I mean, this is like <laughs> it's too loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's golf, but this is great for it. It's a breath of fresh air because it, it does bring some life to it and makes it more uh, appealing to younger people. But at the same time, you got to corral it and control it. That was it out, that was out dude. of control, out of control. Uh, all right, there we go. There's at the turn. We want to thank our friends at Callahan's General Store. My buddy Charlie Wilson, he was in attendance yesterday here at the Super Bowl party. It was great to see him and talk to him. He's excited to see you over at Callahan's General Store. Get your yard ready for spring. Get over and see Charlie. Tell him hello, all the people there. The people separate uh, Callahan's from anywhere else for all of your needs that you have for your yard, her hardware, your pets. Uh, they've got live animals, too, if you need feed and whatnot for the ranch or whatnot. They've got that. Also, the Western Wear Rodeo right around the corner. Get out there, get those hats and belts and boots. Everything you need at Callahan's General Store and that's At The Turn. At The Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. All right, Rod Babers, this is the question. Did you sleep? No, Rod slept on the plane. That's about it, right? No, I probably I got a cat nap in. I got I think the, the flight was like three and a half hours, something like that. So I slept most of that, so probably two-something hours. That's about it. That's about it. And I didn't trust me. I wasn't sleeping there at all either. I didn't get much sleep when I was in Vegas hanging out. So <laughs> I probably haven't gotten. I probably gotten in the last three days. We flew out Friday night, so I probably have gotten maybe maybe eighteen hours. Nice. In like the last three days, three four days now. <laughs> That's combined. awesome. Yeah, maybe, maybe, and it's like, yeah, it, it's no, nah, it's irresponsible. I, I don't like that at all. 
I don't I don't want to go to Vegas and party. I realize that too. I just want to go to if I want to go to Vegas for the game, I really want to go for the game. The parties, I don't need those. I'm 40 something now. I don't need yeah, the parties. Too old for parties. I'm too old for the parties, man. Even the, even the party where we're hanging out with like the all, all the execs and everything. Like, uh, I don't need that either. I don't really need any of that stuff anymore. Past it. I'm done. Yeah, I got the thrill. It was good. It was nice while it lasted. I just wanted to be for the game, and the game took out all out of me. I mean, the game was thrilling. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was one of the greatest championship football games I've ever watched. College, pro. Anything. Well, we said all week leading up to two weeks that it was – It was not know, a disappointment. No, I mean, it was on par with last year's. I mean, we would go to the wire. This one goes to overtime, obviously. Yeah. Last year was 38-35. Oh, man. Uh, this one, 25-22. And, uh, I mean, obviously another team you – know, and for the second time, Kyle Shanahan learns you got to beat – you got to beat that guy. You yeah. got to you got to vanquish him, and they were unable to. And the two things I jotted down at the beginning of the show, Rod, was um, special teams and red zone, uh, two most critical things for me for the 49ers. I mean, obviously the blocked extra point was became critical. Um, I can't believe that. the muff punt was critical because the muff punt was middle of the third quarter, Rod, and the Chiefs' offense was doing nothing really at that yeah. time. They got it going a little bit before the half and kicked a field goal, but man, they weren't doing anything. And the muff punt set them up for a Marquez Valdez Scanling touchdown pass that really jump started their offense, and it began four consecutive scoring drives. And it was just bad luck, though, the muff punt. It wasn't. I, I mean, the guy had to try to jump on it because he hit one of the 49ers players. Hit him in the back of the, the leg. leg. So he had to try to jump on it. Yeah, so it's that's bad luck. It's just terrible luck. And a great piece of luck because they needed that field position. They needed that they yardage because yeah. they weren't moving the ball. And uh, they couldn't run it, and the Chiefs, the Niners' defense was playing great. And uh, so that was huge. So those two plays stick out special teams-wise. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, red zone, Rod. I mean, before at the end of regulation, I think you need to score a touchdown and then to have to kick a field goal. Uh, and as several people have mentioned, you, you know, it's a bad game plan if you let Patrick Mahomes have the ball last. Last. Last with a chance to win. With a chance to win the game. Um, yeah. And I, I, I don't – like I say, it, there are some people saying that the, the 49ers possibly didn't know the rules. Um, they didn't. Well, at least they didn't uh, discuss the rule changes, or at least that Shano was hinting that maybe he thought uh, that the old school—not old school, but the previous overtime rules applied. I'm not sure it's the case, but I will say that there's a Ringer article that said several players, um, the several 49ers players, multiple players, said after the game that they were not aware that the overtime rules were different in the playoffs than they are in the regular season, um, and strategy, strategy discussions. Um, over how to handle the overtime period did not occur as a team. So they, they didn't talk about it as a team when we know the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously, they championed it, they talked about it, and they positioned themselves uh, to be able to win a, an overtime championship scenario even during training camp. Like it was part of their, you know, part of their situational football that they were thinking about. Yeah. Uh, and that's the mindset of a champion. And, uh, you know. It, prepare for everything. Prepare for everything. Prepare for everything. Uh, and, and, Rod, you, you were at the game. The, the, I, I got up this morning to start prepping for the show. I'd done some, some prep after the game last night uh, after setting up our, our studio here. Uh, I was surprised to see the Chiefs with 455 total yards in this football game. And Patrick Mahomes, 333 passing yards. It didn't feel like he had that kind of offensive game. Most in the second half. I know, most of the second half. Most in the second half. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's, that's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I don't know, you know, I mean, he's 28 years old and 147 days. So we're talking about he's already the youngest quarterback to be in four, start four Super Bowls. But he's not close to – he's not 30 yet. He's not in his he, prime. He can man. go again next year. Yes. I mean, he's not in his prime. He's not in his prime. prime yet, guys. This is just the beginning of it. Yes. Like, it's not – and it's, he's going to hit his prime probably either right now he's in it or he'll he's hit it next his year. his prime. <laughs> yeah. And that's scary because quarterbacks now stay in their prime like 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, the, the report surfaced over the weekend that he's going to – they're working on a new, new deal for him that's going to lower his cap number. Uh, he wants – you know, they're going to – you know, he, he's going to get his money. Uh, but it's going to lower his cap expense for the Chiefs so that they can re-sign Chris Jones and you know bring in some other people. I mean, again, this was the year to get him. Well, you know, you and I are Texans fans. I mean, C.J. Stroud looks like the truth and looks like the guy. Uh, Josh, you know, Bills fans are they're, they're believers in Josh Allen. I mean, you, you got to get through this guy. I mean, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what's the what's the recipe? That's what you. That's how you have to go into your off season. The recipe to beat that guy oh, yeah. and beat what, Andy Reid. This will be like what happened in the NBA. It happens in the NBA all, actually all the time because we we see more dynasties there, I guess. Sure. But essentially, you'll see GMs in the NBA to say, "All right, I'm just constructing this team to beat that team." Remember Daryl Morey used to say it all the time about the Warriors. He said, "No, I'm just I'm constructing the Rockets to beat the Warriors. I, I don't really care about anybody. I don't care how they match up with anybody else." 
we got to build this team to beat that team because yeah. it ain't going to matter if we make it all the way there with a really you know, great blueprint and a really great roster construction, and then we don't match up well against that team. Yep. against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think you'll start to see that potentially all across the NFL where teams go, all right, how we got to construct this roster just to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? What are their weaknesses? And that will become our strengths. Well, I mean, if you're in his division, obviously you got to place him twice. So Jim Harbaugh and Sean Payton and uh, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. Antonio Pierce, I mean, they're just <laughs> locking in on that. And obviously if you're in the AFC, you got to get through them to get to the Super Bowl and no one's been able to. And it really – to say that you needed to get him this year because this was their – this was their down year where they were fumbling the ball and dropping the ball and lose six games. Uh, but in the end, I mean, the recipe is now clear. They're going to play great defense. They're going to limit points. And then they're going to, you know, trust Andy Reid and Patrick well, Mahomes to find ways to score. I don't necessarily think that's the recipe. That's the thing about it, guys. They've changed, like th- they've changed their formula and tweaked it like three times already. Yeah. Remember they were the they were the deep they were the deep shot uh, team when they first got Tyreek Hill and they took more deep shots twenty yard passes downfield than anybody else nobody could stop them throwing the deep ball and they really kind of revolutionized the game with how they could stretch the field vertically took away Tyreek Hill and then they win a Super Bowl without throwing throwing the fewest amount of deep touchdown passes in the league yep so they went from throwing more touchdown passes and throwing more twenty plus yard pass attempts than anybody else they won like that. Then they won a different way. I mean, that's when they got the third and 15 with Tyreek Hill when the Samson 49 was up 10 points in the fourth quarter. All right. And then they had the, the, the championship where they won prior to this one, they won most recently, where Patrick Mahomes had the fewest amount of deep pass attempts and deep passing touchdowns in the league, guys. He, 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 like, he, went, he went bizarro Mahomes on us. Yeah. We all thought he was a big gone quarterback who needed the deep ball. No, he didn't. He's like, no, no, I can, I can march us down the field meticulously with short dump-offs and making, making the Tom Brady-type passes. I can do that if y'all want to. And now, let's just point out, now they're doing it with defense and ball control yep. and just converting third downs. They're going to change it up again, E, because Brett Veach, every offseason, he picks a, a position, whatever is vulnerable on the roster, and decides, all right, we're going to remake that position this offseason. And what do we all know it's going to be this offseason? Receiver. Oh, yeah. And they're about to look totally different when they get some, some good receivers in there. Savior so I, worthy. I, yeah, well, it could, be, it could be anybody. I think they're going to – they should go after one. They'll go after one in the draft. They'll, they'll go after one in free agency. I think they'll trade for one, too. I think Brett Veach is that savvy. He'll, he'll exhaust any means possible to improve a position. He's done that O-line, did that DB, and it worked. Um, so, I'm not, you know, I don't know exactly who he's going to go in the draft, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anybody will be lucky to play with Patrick Mahomes, guys. Well, that's the thing. He's right? going to make I, your career. Now you got the gravity. Uh, yeah. And, and the, name that, <laughs> the name that pops to mind is T. Higgins, uh, the receiver Ooh. from the Cincinnati Bengals, Ooh. because he's, you know, the, the Bengals have already admitted we, we want to keep him, but we can't pay everybody. Uh, we've already paid Jamar Chase, and we got a quarterback. And uh, so mm-hmm. T. Higgins, is, and that's a number one receiver. That's a big target. He would be – Mike unfair. Evans out there? Yeah. What about D-Hop? He might be out. D-Hop would be like, I'll take a pay cut to come play with Well, and, and to, to Brock's point, I mean, in the draft, you could take Xavier Word. That's about where he's being projected to be drafted back into the first round. Uh, X-Man to bring speed, uh, special teams, and then, you know, add a number one. Yeah, that's that's scary because the defense is very young, Rod. I mean, if they re-sign Chris Jones, which they have to do, um, the corners are, you know, 22 and 23 years old. Uh, Justin Reed's a young safety that came in from Houston. I mean, they're one of the youngest defenses in pro football. So, you know, and Steve Spagnuolo shows no signs of going anywhere. So they're going to be locked down on defense, and they're going to add to their offense. And, uh, you know, it does feel, I mean, they're, they're the prohibitive favorites coming back next year, much like when Michael Jordan was at the Bulls. As long as he's playing, they're the favorites. I mean, they're trying to get a three-peat. They're already talking about it. Yep. Travis Kelsey said he's coming back. Andy Reid's coming back. Everybody's coming. Chris Jones said he wants to come back. So he's even basically willing to give a hometown discount now to say that right after the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, they, that's, that right now is the standard, period. You got to take. You got to take down the. Uh, this is. These are the Golden State Warriors or whatever of our time uh, here in the NFL. But it's just crazy to think we have a dynasty like this right after the goat Tom Brady hangs it up. And we all thought, man, we're never going to see anything like this in a, again. We won't even come close to saying somebody's going to win six championship rings. This dude's already got half of them. He's already on his way. Uh, he's twenty eight. He's twenty eight. Twenty eight. I could. I mean, I, I swear we just had a discussion that we weren't going to see this for another four or five decades potentially. And right after Tom Brady hangs it up, you got this kid who's all, already going to be have, in that conversation in that rarefied air to be the goatness. It's amazing. All right. It really is. 
Uh, we'll come back when we do. We'll go off the record, including a piece of sound that Longhorn fans need to hear. It came on Radio Row. It was from Eli Manning, the uh, uncle of one Arch Manning, was asked about when yours being announced as the starter coming back. Should Arch consider leaving Texas? His uncle weighed in from Radio Row over the weekend. We'll let you hear that coming up. Also, some other off-the-record topics from Rod, who is back from Vegas. He was at the game in attendance about the 50-yard line, and he's back this morning. Uh, looking forward to more eyewitness accounts from Rod Babers coming back with you on Off the Record. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. D.D. Mega doo-doo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get they bring the income. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Oh, man, it's off the record time. It's uh, Super Bowl 58 off the record, including uh, sights and sounds from Radio Row and the Super Bowl commercials, which, Rod, you did not get to watch. I know. i got to watch that. i got to watch those today. I'm yeah. going to go back and rewatch the game, actually, today. After you get a nap. After I get a nap, yeah. yeah. <laughs> After I get a nap. nap. Yeah, I'm going to rewatch the game. Well, can I play this for you? Because, yes, uh, Brock, I sent you uh, this. Uh, so, obviously, it was Radio Row, so there's a ton of sound that we're going to have to sift through. Uh, this week coming out of interviews and um, Cowboys stuff, Longhorn stuff. But uh, this is a pro- Longhorn fans. And, you know, we've talked about how Longhorn fans feel pretty secure that Arch Manning is going to be a Longhorn and yes, wait sir. his turn. Mm-hmm. But the national narrative, obviously, is get the hell out of there. You know, what are you doing, Arch? Here is uh, Arch Manning's uncle uh, on an interview on Radio Row. This would be Eli Manning. And listen to the question and then the answer of Eli Manning of uh, what Arch, Arch's plans are here in the future. We all know, obviously, Arch Manning, and uh, Sark comes out the other day, and to no surprise, he goes, Quinn Ewers is, is our quarterback. Give me the uncle perspective of that with the transfer portal. It opens back up in April. Like, do you, what do you advise kind of Arch to do? Do you stay patient? Do you enter the transfer portal and go start somewhere else? No. He, he, he picked Texas because that's where he wants to be. That's where he wants to play football. He likes uh, Coach Sarkeesian and his, his offense and what they're doing, so – that was he he knew last year that he was gonna go. He's in a red shirt, get some playing time. And you know, he obviously I think the plan was yours would maybe go in the NFL, but he's there. It's another year for, for Arch to to mature, learn the offense, get bigger, stronger in the weight room, uh, and and always be prepared to play. And you never know what's gonna happen. And so he's got to be ready. If not, then he, you know, gets some playing time here and there. And he's got three more years of eligibility at a great school, at a great, you know, football program on the rise. So I think that was, um, you know, the fact that you can transfer so easily now doesn't mean you should do it just because you're not playing right away. I, you know, a lot of quarterbacks, when I was in college, that was always a game plan. It's like you red shirt, you sit a year, you have three years of eligibility. That's what I did uh, at Ole Miss. And I think it helped me. And so I think Arch, I know he wants to play. He's itching to get in there, but being patient, continue to learn can, can be very helpful as well. So Arch isn't going horns down to, to Texas. He's staying. He's horns up. I mean, you have to ask him, but I, I would not suggest that. I think he's he's definitely staying there. He's having a great time, loving loving the, the program, the school, and, and uh, you know, getting better every day. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad we got it uh, from a, a trusted source, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, you can't get a better source than that, can you? No. I mean, and that's what we've been yeah. saying. All, I mean, the one thing I've been told by a lot of folks close to Arch is he is not fast-tracking the NFL. He wants to enjoy college. Yeah, man. That's why he picked Texas. Um, you know, all the reasons Arch just said, Art, you know, Eli just said that uh, he didn't, it, it's, it's, a, it's a long-term decision for him, not a short-term. The NFL is always going to be there. And, um, you know, this is, this is where he wants to be. Yeah, like I said, it's, it, it, I, I agree with the national media that it's, it's hard to believe. It's <laughs> rare. <laughs> exactly. And this, especially in this day and age, you would think, man, first family football and manning, all that. It is tough to believe, but it is it's the reality. People would ask me about it when I was there, too, and I was like, no, he's not going anywhere. It was like, where is, Arch, uh, where is he transferring to? I was like, he's not transferring, guys. He's, he's there. It's just the assumption, but yeah. yeah I, I, even, the ins- even insiders are like, is he transferring? Like, no, he's, he's not transferring. Um, so a lot of credit to to Sark and the culture too, because I I think that's 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 a positive culture that you've built there. Where you, you these days, especially when you can stockpile 
five-star talents like that, and even celebrity quarterbacks, where they want to be at Texas because they want they not only want to play there at one point, uh, but they enjoy their time there. They're enjoying their time there. Yeah, it's a good place to live good and yeah. got good friends here. And Malik, well, Malik, Malik Murphy talked about how he, he, he hurt his heart. He didn't want to leave. Transfer. Most most quarterbacks don't give you a statement like that before they transfer. They'll go, yeah, I really don't want to do this, but I got to, guys. I got to do. It. I don't want to transfer, but I got to transfer. Yeah, no, it's uh. It's a good place to be. And, look, I mean, Arch, I mean, the story was he he almost didn't come in as an early enrollee last year because he wanted to go try to win another state basketball title. Yeah, like he's, he's one of those. He's a loyal guy. He's one of those guys. He, he was like, was, he was really torn because mm-hmm. he was like, well, I, I, I want to be with my guys. I want to go, go back go back to back in state championship. And, you know, he chose to come in early last year. So that's just kind of how it Which shows it. you that, that is strange because he is, like, patient yeah. in terms of his, you know, development as a quarterback. So he could have – State. I mean, why be such an early enrollee unless I think that was, I don't know, something and maybe he was being advised, whatever, where that was a chance that he was going to end up playing earlier. Because well, there and was a chance that Quinn would have ba- gone, right? Yes. Remember, there, there, was a, there was talk, and I think it was legitimate, that they still were competing for the backup spot there. Sure. And Malik Murphy was going to end up winning it ultimately because he had the experience um, and also, obviously, the guy's very talented. But ultimately, you know, that was talk that, hey, man, if Arch could surpass him in training camp, then maybe Arch would be the backup. Yeah. So it didn't happen. He ended up being the third string, but now he is the backup. So, yeah, man, I'm, it's hard to believe. It's a little shocking for some, but uh, Arch is here to stay. He's waiting his turn. Waiting his turn. Uh, wants to be at Texas. What do you have, Rod, off the record-wise? Uh, I really don't have anything. Sorry. Right. I'll give you this. <laughs> I'll give you this. Uh, I don't know if you – because you were on an airplane and then flying back from Las Vegas. But um, – so, obviously, Taylor Swift was a big conversation at the yes, Super she Bowl. Was. She was there. Uh, there's video of Travis and, and Taylor Swift partying after, after party, mm-hmm. having a good old time. She made it back from Tokyo. But the big music news came outside of the Usher performance was uh, Beyonce – dropped two new songs last night. She did a commercial, and in it she teased new music and then dropped two new songs, and her, these are country songs, Rod. Beyonce's gone country. Oh, yes. Oh, no. You know what they say, you know, fish where the fish are. That's where the, the people are in the pop, pop country. Uh, she's, her mm. new song is called Texas Hold'em. Wow. Texas Hold'em. And she's got another song called 16 Carriages. And they're both uh, country ditties. Mm, how does uh, how's the country music world feel about that? I... Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. We also found out the guy who sang "America the Beautiful" last night, Post Malone, is going to put out a country album. This is where all the I'm excited this is for where that the, one. You like that? Post Malone's a talented guy. He did a nice job with "America the Beautiful." Reba did a great job with the national anthem. Reba McIntyre. How did it sound? In, how did it sound in person, Rob? Uh, it sounded great. It really sounded really good in person. Yeah, all the actual, I think, performers did a good job. In person, it seemed like I said. On TV, I don't know how it, it tracked. But. How did Usher play in, studio, in in person? He was great, yeah. yeah. It, was, uh, it, was real, it was a really energetic performance. I mean, it had everybody hype. It was, uh, I think, I didn't hear, I don't think I heard anybody complain about it. I think everybody was I thought it was up. good. Yeah. I mean, I mean the job. one thing, my one commentary wasn't memorable. It wasn't like one of those that knocked my socks off, but it was good. It was solid. And to have Alicia Keys roll out there and her and uh, – um, you know, who was it? Jermaine Dupree was there mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Ludacris yep. showed up, which was pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, good, good, good stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I do think my two favorite commercials, and you'll have to watch them, Rod, there was a Dunkin' Donuts commercial that featured Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Tom Brady. They were building up to that one for a while. They were a boy band okay. for Dunkin'. Uh, I've seen them building Beyonce's up commercial was for Verizon, and that's where she dropped that she's got new music. I did like Arnold Schwarzenegger doing a State Farm thing where they, he couldn't say um, the word neighbor. He had to say neighbor, and they kept trying to get him to say neighbor properly because of his <laughs> accent, which was funny. And then, yeah, I, I really liked the commercial for uh, Paramount, the Paramount streaming app that had Patrick Stewart and Tua. Okay. And uh, Drew Barrymore was in it. I thought that was really clever. I thought okay. it was really good. Hey, and don't forget about uh, Christopher Walken. Yeah, Christopher great, Walken. Great commercial. Talking like walking. <laughs> Talking like walking. That's pretty good. It I was, like that. It was good. So you thought the commercials were, were decent this time? Yeah, there right. were, there were some, they're better than in the last couple of years, I felt like. There were some more that kind of stuck, Okay, which is good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we'll take your commercial thoughts, your Usher thoughts, and certainly the Super Bowl all went to uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in over, overtime. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, the Super Bowl is like, it's a, it basically it's the biggest social, uh, social agent, social event, arguably, in uh, American sports culture. And, and, and anytime you're talking about a, a party event like that, the music's key. 
And that's why I think they, when they pick a halftime show and they pick a halftime performer, you basically have to pick a halftime performer that you think would be good Super Bowl party music. Yeah. And Usher was. Usher was good. That's what I say. Usher was not bad Super Bowl party music. He was not at all. He did a good job with that. <laughs> Our man Chan on the text line says, Usher's body better than Mahomes. So that's true. He did take his shirt off. <laughs> oh, yeah, he probably. He did take his shirt off. I mean, guys, that's adding more. Trust me, that makes it even more extraordinary what he does. When he takes Patrick off his Mahomes, shirt, he's got a uh, dad bod. Uh, it, it's an ugly dad bod. I mean, some dad bods are, you know, they got not some. Yeah, I mean, at least you got some cuts in there. You got uh-huh. some tone. He ain't got no tone, no cuts. He's just giving it up. I mean, that is right now the peak of male athletic performance in this country is Patrick Mahomes and take his shirt off and you're like really? I yeah, was going to say think about like all the athletic specimens over the years like the Cam Newtons the, the oh, yeah. RG3s and the two best quarterbacks of all time look like 40 year old and every guess. Yeah, because they cut your heart <laughs> they, they might not be cut but they cut your heart out um, because they're <laughs> they're unbelievable yep. in the clutch. All right, we'll get back to that uh, other off the record stuff. We'll get uh, back to the Super Bowl. Rod is back from it, and we'll take your thoughts. Four four seven three seven seven six favorite commercials. By the way, I was reading an article this week about Taylor Swift. Rod, I didn't know this because I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan. Well, I'll tell you the story coming up. Do you know one of the reasons she is so popular worldwide? Is remember when she she recut her masters? Remember she lost oh, yeah, her masters yeah. to her I first five albums. Yeah. And it was Kelly Clarkson who gave her the idea on a tweet. Hey, why don't you just go back and remake those, and then you own your masters again. Mm -hmm. But while she was remaking her first five albums, she was essentially putting out new music daily to her audience, like to her fans. Like every day she'd put out a new piece of music. That's why they're so devoted to her. And so if if you're a consumer today, you've been getting a new Taylor Swift piece of material almost every day, and you're so attached to her. I didn't realize that that, because I don't follow Taylor Swift. and I I don't know. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And she's a marketing monster. And so she's got this following because she's connecting with her audience on an almost daily basis. Mm-hmm. And yep. with new material and new things that she's done. That's, that's pretty cool. awesome. I didn't know that either. It's unbelievable. Either. Yeah. She's a monster. They, but they are devoted, and it makes a lot of sense as to why they're so committed to her. Yeah. And it was very smart of her because now she, re, she retook back her music and her songs, and she wrote those songs, but the masters belong, were sold to somebody else. She got mad about it instead of – complaining about it she just did something about it good for her yep. hey, man. made the best of it Damn and it's right. made her the uh, biggest star in the world we'll be back hook them up with ian rod b rolls on